0: Hello and welcome back to the Built Academy podcast. I'm your host, Carl Storms. In this episode, the final episode of our open source series, we are happy to once again have Mark back to complete his tale of open source. Welcome back, Mark.
1: Oh, hi. Welcome.
0: So what are you going to tell us for the conclusion of your open source series?
1: I had a nice little chat with Thomas Kreiner, who we work with uh, as SpinForce, and um, that's been a collaboration for over five years now uh, working on an open source viewer and using ifc open shell uh, that he co-developed and he's doing a lot of stuff that uh, relates to linked data and uh, the um, setup for that so ifc ol and those kinds of more technical stuff so uh, i i thought it would be interesting to have also have a, a look at the uh a little bit more technical side of open source and getting uh, how to get a viewer to work. Pick his brain a bit because uh, yeah, what we've been doing is adding uh, 2D uh, drawing generation from a uh, viewer that he uh, made. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting uh, uh, discussion. A little bit about Thomas himself. He worked as a senior software engineer and did some consultancy for Gary Technologies. But Like I said, he completed his PhD on uh, mostly on semantic uh, data about buildings, so um, linked data and, and, and stuff like that, and generating even geometry from point clouds um, based on IC. And he has a small little company that's called AEC Geeks. And uh, yeah, he does a lot of uh, cute little work with uh, small startups like mine uh, or small companies but also a lot of government work where he's done uh, stuff for code checking uh, based upon ifc Uh, i think it was lithuania so yeah it's he's a real well-versed person when it comes to ifc and 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 the implementation of that so it was nice uh, talking to him (laughs) other than my usual work discussions with it so uh yeah uh, have a listen well uh hello Welcome, Thomas, to uh, the Build Academy podcast. Um, I'm very happy that you could join us uh, to talk a little bit more about uh, open source. Uh, could you please introduce you, yourself a bit?
2: Yeah. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I'm Thomas Kleiden. I, uh, I, I think it's been now uh, 12 years, almost, that I've been working on open source solutions in the Build environment. Specifically for uh, for IFC, the main open standard uh, for building information modeling. The software library is called uh, IFC OpenShell. Yeah. That that was a bit of a joke. Um, the first time I had I I, I opened these text files and because IFC files you can read them in a the text editor. I, I I I literally read the word IFC opens hell. You know, if, you, <laughs> if you switch to S back and forth to the other person and, and that's what it is so i was confused and intrigued and and that became uh, that became the name of the software library and uh, i i think it's quite widely used now uh, yeah it also exists already for 12 years
1: uh, so that's basically how you got involved uh with uh straight away how you got involved into the open source community
2: yeah i i, th- I think for me it was it was quite natural that you know you, you, you don't need to earn money with everything that you do it, it's really a nice way to do acquisition also if, if you have the software library and people are using it and they have issues or questions uh yeah they know how to find me and that's and that's really a nice way to to organize your business it's also because that's now what i what I do, I, I run a small consultancy company. I have one colleague uh, in Canada currently. He uh, travels the world, and um, we uh, yeah we do all sorts of consultancy around BIM and IFC. Quite specifically, also what what we like most is computational geometry. Um, and um, yeah, this this way of working is really a nice way for. Yeah, self-selecting your clients basically. Uh, yeah, you filter out a lot of people that that don't share these ideals or or think very differently about how you should uh, run a business. And then these layers of yeah, um, BIM, so they're at least a little bit innovative. They found these open source solutions, so it it, it it quite quite naturally you have you have. Uh, uh, yeah, you'll have nice clients, and um, um, yeah, and, and doing open source work also. That that was also one of the one of the statements that uh, uh, Ruben made, uh, the, the BIM server developer. One of the mm-hmm. yeah, well, also one of the the older um, open source offerings in our sector. Open source is at least a way that you don't need to do the same work twice. That's it's it's a way to uh, yeah to. To keep your job uh, interesting
1: yeah but it's still uh, but sometimes it's a bit hard a bit harder than uh, proprietary solutions
2: <laughs> yeah uh, i mean i i think part of it is also my personality and mm-hmm. you know if if you're not that yeah if, if it's harder to sell yourself or sell a product then then it's it's more natural to to have something out there in the open and and uh, make people come to you and, and then provide consultancy services around that i think it also matches my personality
1: yeah wow so um by open sourcing it uh, basically you said uh, okay uh, there's a lot of contributors or are there a lot of contributors to your work that you're actually doing right now or is it is is it just you and you're open sourcing it to uh, for everybody to use it or is it um or you're actually ha- looking for people to, to, to contribute to it, or?
2: There, there's two sides to this. If, if you look at the GitHub repository, um, I, I think we have over 120 contributors now, which is even for other- um, And yeah, that's
1: for the IFC OpenShell. Uh,
2: yeah, if, even if you look at other sectors where there is more, let's say, day-to-day programming, I, I, 120 contributors is, is quite significant. But it's also a really, really yeah long tail of let's say incidental contributions. I'm also always trying to encourage this if they have if they have issues, you know, hold their hand a bit and, and make make uh, make them yeah solve it themselves or with help from me or the community and then really try to onboard them to be to be more active. Uh,
1: Sort of, sort of leveraging the uh the greater collective of uh things you haven't thought about or bugs that you haven't encountered or yeah stuff like yeah. that.
2: And and I must also say that a big factor in this is the Dion who has mm-hmm. started Blender Bin. Yeah. So you know I also already talked a bit about my personality. Quite yeah, I, I never really wanted to make that step to be um really an end-user-facing um, product. Uh, I would really quite specifically chose for, you know, a software library that others can then use to build their products. So you don't need to deal with all the nasty complaints from end-users. I say <laughs> nasty, but I, I also, uh, I, I, yeah, real complaints, you know. Um, um, and, and if you only interact with the software developers, yeah, they are always, let's say, reasonable they understand the the complexities and they have all complexity
1: limitations and uh, yeah Yeah.
2: exactly exactly but but yeah Dion was really interested in turning this into a modeler so he he built Blender bin on top of IFC Open Shell Mm -hmm. and it kind of became one package so Blender bin is developed as part of IFC Open Shell and and that also really created a Yeah, a larger set of of more regular contributors that also use it in their own day-to-day practice.
1: Yeah, interesting you mentioned mentioned Dion because Dion will also be on the show and we'll talk a bit more about his contribution uh, and his uh, his work on uh, Blender BIM um, so, we touched already a bit on, uh, on, on the stuff you're working on. So, that's basically IFC Open Shell. Uh, could you explain a bit what IFC Open Shell is so people a- actually understand mm-hmm. what it does, this, um, this library?
2: Yeah, yeah. I, 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 would, I would like to mention a couple of additional uh, projects as well that are yeah, sure. kind of floating around it. But IFC Open Shell is definitely the, the most well known thing that I work on. Yeah, it is, um, it is a software library to work with IFC building models. It's as simple as that. The, the interesting bit is of course that the IFC standard itself is really, um, yeah, quite a beast. It has like hundreds of ways of defining geometry. That's cool because I like computational geometry. So I, I coded all these kinds of mapping functions to you know, if you have an IC revolved area solid, a revolution of a profile around um, around an axis, I, I didn't really do the hard work, but I just mapped it to OpenCascade, which is uh, which is an open source geometry kernel or uh, solid modeler or however you want to call
1: it. Okay,
2: um, but it's it's not always a one-to-one mapping because IFC also has its own additions, like domain-specific cross-profiles, like an iBeam profile. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is specific ways of how IFC files are typically built up. So there is a lot of yeah, what's called Boolean subtractions. Or if you have a wall, the windows are actually cut out of this wall when you open the model. Um, yeah, and then we do various tricks to in ITO to make sure that it runs, yeah, as efficient and robust as possible. So for example, we check whether we can do this Boolean operation in two dimensions. If it's a flat wall, prism openings, yeah, you can actually do that in 2D, which is more performant and uh, more, uh, more resilient also for errors, and we also check the end result, see if that max, matches our expectations. So over time, and, and that's that's also the beauty of open source. Huh? It Basically, we started as just mapping IFC definitions to open cascade and yeah, literally within a week, we, we have something. That's, I think that's really brilliant. But now 12 years later, yeah, the IFC open shell code base has also grown to uh, they like maybe a hundred thousand lines of code or something. It's, yeah, it's yeah. quite a beast in itself now. Which programming language is, it? Does it facilitate? I, I, I
1: saw that it was uh, also there's a Python uh, uh,
2: wrapper. Uh, yeah, the core is written in C++. Mm-hmm. That's also quite a natural choice because Open Cascade was written in C++. But quite early on, we realized that yeah, C++ is not that accessible?
1: Yeah, that's that's not for everyone.
2: <laughs> yeah, especially for our domain. Huh? So, IC OpenShell is also used a lot in academia, partly also because of my background. I, I have mm-hmm. a little bit of an academic career, and I have quite a bit of acquaintances there still that then also use IC Open shell in teaching yeah and if you have a, if if you give a one hour lecture you don't want to bother with yeah setting up a compiler and, and all these weird syntax quirks that c++ yeah.
1: so basically if students uh, want to get their hands dirty you you'd say okay try the, uh, the python version yeah. and uh, it's easier to to work with that
2: yeah it's, it's quicker you can iterate more quickly because you uh, Yeah, you don't have to compile, and you have. uh, Yeah, yeah. You 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 can try out things more more flexibly.
1: Uh, Well, working with it lately, I also saw that the documentation is uh, still a bit of of an issue of getting uh, a lot of documentation. Uh, I think that that is is also a big thing. You're writing this code, and then getting it out there and then you hope that programmers use it uh, of course because it's a library but uh, if, if someone gets into it how does it get to the, that documentation because documentation writing documentation to a, a library seems like a tedious job <laughs> it's not the yeah. first thing you would lo- want to do basically
2: i i, I think that's uh, that's a uh, that's a typical problem also with open source uh, yeah yeah let's let's be honest about it there there are Boring parts to every job, and and in that sense, money is a good motivator. Since we don't have that, well, I'm, most of my work is funded, but yeah. then I'm not funded to write documentation, or
1: I'm not funded to. No, you're basically funded to 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 facilitate an implementation.
2: Yeah, to extend it or to help help implementation or provide guidance or uh, so done training but yeah very rarely people pay need to write documentation or other aspects right if, if if there is a user interface then um if if, if you look at other open source uh software yeah sometimes the user interface is is a little bit less than what you're, than what you're, uh, than what you see in in, uh, in commercial products. In commercial products, but 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 there is also things where open source products really excel. So, for example, if you look at Blender and what Blender Bin is also built on, it's really scriptable from A to Z. Everything you can you can script and adapt.
1: Yeah, basically interoperability is core of the project, basically for Blender. Yeah.
2: Yeah, open source offerings tend to really focus on extensibility and, and have developers in mind. And, and that's also something you see in not seeing commercial offerings that often, where typically extensibility, interoperability, customizability comes a bit last. So, so it's it's not yeah. it's not necessarily that they offer a worse experience for end users, but, but it is it's if you look at it as a landscape, let's say the overall maturity of your product, I think you'll have in, in an open source offering, you'll have peaks and valleys depending on yeah, what contributors you meet, what clients are interested in. And I think in commercial offerings, there is more of an incentive to keep it more flat, more constant, more overall consistent, the quality and maturity of your, of your products.
1: Well, we 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 touched. You said um, besides IFC OpenShell, you are working on some other stuff. Can you uh, elaborate?
2: Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. So, and and both of them are are also really let's say things that I provide consultancy on. So they're quite important in my uh, yeah in my day to day life. So so uh, quite early on, we realized that yeah a lot of the clients are interested in web based solutions. Yeah. And C++ is also not really a web first language. Um, what is quite quite frequently done in, in, in these kind of processing tasks is, is the idea of a pipeline. C++ is still one of the most efficient languages. So what you typically see is that, um, yeah, if you have to convert geometric data from one format to the other, um, you, you also, in a web environment, you still rely on C++. Not everybody does this. Quite recently, there's also other initiatives. But um, it's an option to rely on C++ and just invoke that executable on your server. Mm. Um, and, and that's basically what IFC pipeline does. It's, uh, it's, it's really a, it's, it's only a couple of lines of code. It's just a, a Python web server that accepts a file. In the, in the back, there is a processing queue that accepts... The tasks and then and then runs various conversion tasks and and that's really uh and that's that's also under a different license so Open openshell is lgpl which is a fairly liberal license but not that liberal in the sense that a commercial product can take it modify it and sell it yep. the modifications you have to share that that's how i would like to see uh, I would like to explain LGPL. And that's also really with a reason. It's it's similar to the, for example, the Linux kernel where everybody comes together and improves one central offering.
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's basically leveraging the, uh, the community and yeah. more minds are better than one. And uh, if you think of something new or an addition that someone else hasn't thought of or there's an improvement, then share it back to the community and then the community sort of enjoys the fruits yeah. of your labor. Exactly, but you also exactly. enjoy the fruits of other people. Of others. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. And but but this, uh, so that's IFC shell the license, but um, IFC pipeline is different. You can just, it, it has the MRT or BSD, I forgot, it just has the license, like, take it and do whatever you want, make your modifications, host it, and we don't need to hear back from you with the changes. It's really like an entry point to get started with yeah. IFC and IFC OpenShell in a web-based context.
1: Yeah, it gives you a sort of entry to using uh, the IFC OpenShell more, basically.
2: Another product that I work on is what we call the voxelization toolkit. Uh, yeah, let me get, let me give you a little bit of background in that. Um, so i if, if If you're familiar with IFC, you know that all these models are yeah not very uniform in how they are modeled. You have the software library, uh, sorry the the authoring tool that has a big impact on how things are modeled. Um, but you also have the modeler itself that has an opinion on yeah. how things should be modeled. Um, you have the type of project or the type of company and you have, so
1: in the end, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of ways of doing stuff in IFC. Yeah, like you said, I think that in general IFC supports about eight different solutions for deriving geometry, if I'm correct, but probably more. Um, and and most of them end up in a sort of one of or a specific dialect based upon the uh, the way that the uh, offering tool uh, produces. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, exactly, exactly, and. And it's, it's not only the, let's say, the, really the technical side of things, like, as you say, is this an extrusion or a bullying operation or an or a, or a explicit uh, B-rep? Mm-hmm. But, but it's also really on, on, on choices that, that a, a model consciously made, like, do, do I draw one big wall or do I draw... Yeah, little wall segments at every intersection, for example. And yep. these kind of choices, so all these layers of choices, make it quite difficult to to do geometric analysis. Yeah, directly mm-hmm. on top of what you see in uh, in IFC, and also m- most IFC implementations, so also IFC OpenShell, OpenCascade, use a, a BRAP modeler as as yeah their implementation for the, for the geometry part yeah. and and that's great you have curved surfaces you have uh, nerves and all so you can represent a lot of geometric detail also quite uh, efficiently but there are limits to these kind of implementations in how in terms of how many operations they can handle yeah sorry to say without crashing um, yeah. if if you apply thousand boolean operations on an object, you, you're going to be quite certain that, <laughs> that it won't be supported. You, you either get, yeah, unclear result, or, or it just errors or your application literally crashes. These two things combined um, robustness and yeah, that, that things are not really modeled uniformly in our domain. Mm-hmm. Um, led us to look at voxelization. So voxels, yeah, they, they have their limitations. You can only represent grids. So if you have curved surfaces, they're approximated, but even slanted surfaces are mm-hmm. approximated by little staircases, yeah. but they are yeah, guaranteed to be robust, a Boolean operation on two grids of voxels. Yeah. It's just flipping some bits and it's, it's also really simple to implement. Um, and other things as well, like offsetting or, uh, or eroding, and making a volume smaller, um, is 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 really. Sad. You also see that in image processing. So so and and we've we've recently completed uh, quite large projects where we use that to implement, um, our, yeah, our code compliance checking directly on top of IFC. So um, okay, an applicant. Uh, submit our building model, and we check it for escape routes, clearance areas. Do the doors open in the right direction? Mm. Um, those kinds of things. I think in the end we implemented around seventy checks. It wasn't only me; I, I did the, 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 the checks that required voxels but there were also a lot of semantic checks. And this is actually soon going to be in production. It's really, really exciting. This is going to be running in one of Europe's member states and it's 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 also really interesting that people often say that construction industry is not innovative but
1: well i think i think it is but it's 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 in the margins it's not the the innovation happens in very small little groups that push the envelope and do something very very interesting and uh but it's always hard to get it working on uh, let's say the large projects or the, the common projects, Bill.
2: Yeah, you have, you have a better view of them. Like I yeah. said, I, I have this self-selection of, of IOC, you know, the source and computational geometry. I, yeah. I, yeah, I, I have a very, how do you say that, biased view of, of, of our sector. I think you and others have a more, more complete overview.
1: Well, uh, we're we're more at the, 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 the trying to get the implementation working for clients and and, and uh, trying to push that boundary of how we work with the, the technologies that you provide uh, and how we can implement and make sort of a way into the to the future, which uh, nicely brings us to another interesting question that we have um, uh, or had written down was. Uh, which uh, open source developments do you see as as the significant, most significant ones, apart from your own?
2: Yeah, yeah, I was I was lucky to to get a little bit chance to think of that because, like I said, I I I'm quite yeah. If if you want to put it in a in a in a not so positive way, I'm I'm quite narrow minded in in what I see and what I interact with. Well, you're, you're more of a back
1: you're more of a back-end person I think uh, yeah. yeah so you, I understand that it's maybe harder to see where where things touching reality or uh, might change uh, our landscape but I'm interesting to hear what you think
2: yeah like, so if, if I would choose something I would probably choose a speckle then mm-hmm. um, and, and basically for these kind of reasons we were just discussing. A lot of open source, um, especially open source solutions, are really focused at very, yeah, really implementation first. They, more often than not, they don't even really solve a particular problem. They are just that, an implementation. And that's, I think, where Spectrum is quite different, in that it's really use case or workflow or vision first mm-hmm. and and it, yeah and and the technology uh flows from that and and in the end i think if if you really want to change or 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 yeah change it, our sector then then that is really a way to appeal to a much larger market also because they're much closer to to the bread and butter of all these people they are really sitting inside the the authoring tools and, and uh, yeah, trying to do something. So I, I also see it really as complementary. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there, there are these kind of projects, more workflow and end user driven. And hopefully, yeah, that will mobilize a larger market to also start playing around with the more, yeah, implementation focused uh, offerings.
1: Yeah. Well, which... Nicely leads me to our next question, uh, or my next question. Um, Do you believe that the the, the open source technologies in the the industry will, in the end, replace our current set of tools? Do you you believe that um, the industry is moving towards a more open source-minded workflow or implementation of of, of tool sets? um, Or do you still see it as something that is... Sort of niche or on the fringes of of our industry and trying to still push the boundaries.
2: Mm, yeah, I think we touched on a lot of points related yeah. to this. Uh, like I said, I really believe in this in this landscape analogy. That analogy mm. that um, yeah, typically in open source products you don't have this uniform maturity, and that is really required probably if you, yeah, if you really want to, to provide a comprehensive authoring experience, yeah, you you, you can't have these kind of gaps uh, in, in your functionality.
1: No, it has to be a continuous flow, basically. Yeah,
2: yeah. That, that also relates, unfortunately, to, yeah, to how our software ecosystem is currently structured. I mean, I had really hoped that IOC would would have allowed for data to flow much more freely, but currently it hasn't. You can't can't start off in tool A and then continue working in tool B, go back to tool A. If if that would be really possible, yeah, then you could have these kind of um, gaps in your functionality, or you could have very specific purpose tools to do a specific, I don't know engineering task, yeah, and then take that result back. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's for Speckle then, um, but but I I really believe also in standardization. It's a it's a slower, it's a slower trajectory. It takes well in our domain, it apparently takes a decade to build cons- consensus around something. But in the end, you will you would yeah you would have you would have that consensus also, and you would have vocabulary to exchange information between multiple points rather than specific endpoints of data flow.
1: So it's really about how how interoperable do the the, the solutions, how interoperable are they, how interoperable is the uh, content that they're providing uh, in the end. So um, if I'm doing something, is the IFC that I'm providing that structured or that correctly uh build that someone else actually knows how they can repurpose it or reuse it or augment it uh, in a certain way so that we get this entire flow of from initialization to into uh basically construction and operations uh, operations and maintenance um yeah that's that's a big challenge still i think yeah. that there are some interesting uh developments but um and uh would be nice if we had some more consensus, especially around geometry. I think that a lot of uh, stuff, uh, um, like I said, the, the eight different ways of doing stuff, yeah, that's hurting us a bit. And everybody making just a B-Wrap, like repurposing a B-Wrap is sort of difficult.
2: Yeah, well, it's, it's it's that's a fundamental issue, really, with IFC yeah. uh, that we have a very generic data model. We just have products a quite articulated tree of product types and a really articulated tree of geometry types. But the association is only made at the top. You say, yeah, a product has geometry. And that's the big question, I think, mm-hmm. for the future. Because in the end, for interoperability, really on an editable level, it's like you say, yeah, if you have your beam as a BRAP, it's it's quite difficult and error-prone to reverse engineer that as, two endpoints that you can freely drag around in your tool with the, with the profile association. a yeah. change. So that's really the question. Do we break with that kind of um, yeah, general data model and, and establish... Um, yeah, it's a more restrictive way of
1: defining basically the geometry of the different classes and, and the way that they operate. Like you said, if a beam, if we make a B-wrap, then, then it's a B-wrap. It's hard to change it make it into a different, or put it in a different orientation, make it a different length, then maybe uh, um, rescale it to something else.
2: It's, it's not a semantic way to, to describe what, what you are exchanging. And that, and that is, 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 is a big issue. But, but then again, uh, go, circling back to the question, yeah, I, I don't think open source tools will replace the, the, the open source offers. I, like I said, I hope they, they, that interoperability will advance enough mm-hmm. that they can augment each other, especially because of this other point we touched upon, <laughs> that open source offerings tend to be much more extensible and flexible, so that power users can, can really take, yeah, take their full potential and deliver their work. But do you see?
1: Because uh, you talked about it in 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 the the, the voxel ex, uh, uh, example, is that would it be would it be more driven? Uh, would it drive the industry more if if, for instance, governments would um, make it more mandatory? So uh, I, you need if you if you're uh, looking for a permit, then you need to supply an IFC so we can do code checking and. Uh, or building code checking and something else. Uh, My PhD
2: that I did was was I think really related to this question. On yeah, what can we do as an industry to to have have a maintained up to date representation of our build environment? It's it's really quite embarrassing that we build something and and we don't even know what we're building, let alone. One or two or three years from now, or fifty years from now, we talk a lot about sustainability. But for me, sustainability also really knows knowing what has been built and what is available, and what are the let let let's say that that, that yeah, There's a lot of talk also about circularity,
1: yeah, yeah, material
2: passports. But that's that's. I think that's a there's a very isolated view on looking at things. If if we would have semantic descriptions of all facilities that are out there, yeah, you can do some sort of graph query. I need this kind of building to accommodate my needs. What is mm-hmm. out there and what are the changes required to to really uh, facilitate that?
1: Yeah, learn, also learn more from our past uh, uh, buildings. And, also and, that, and, yeah. And, and develop upon that and not just constantly trying to make something new because we uh, forget
2: yeah exactly exactly it's 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 a it's a it's a subject that you see in an organization very project-based deliver and forget but it's also at the roots of our our current society that we build something and we forget and and that's that's not sustainable and the question is that who needs to drive that change? I mean, it could be governments, but yeah, we all know how capable governments are in, in managing their IT processes. In, in the end, I think there just needs to be more scarcity.
1: Yeah, or, or some, or one or two enlightened examples of of the eventual possibilities of the technology and. Because I know of a lot of architects uh, that, that say, oh, well, these proprietary tools are so expensive. How do we get around it? How do we get to better workflows of designing our buildings and making it more interoperable with with, with other stuff that we need that we haven't thought of, like client briefs, checking and stuff like that, yeah. and uh, and code compliance. Um, all these things that uh, repurposing parts of the building, re- Reusing certain design elements, um, doing stuff like a Git a sort of version management uh, that you could have parallel designs and and, and, and make decisions upon that. Uh, those those are all, I think, interesting things to uh, talk about, but maybe that's for another, <laughs> an, ent- an entire different podcast. <laughs>
2: yeah. But, but yeah, it's, it's really about aligning our society in a way that, that, that these things are, are significant and that could co- come top down from, from governments. It could come out of a necessity if there's so much scarcity of building materials that we have to be more efficient and smart or yeah. it can come from bottom up like you say that, that there is just the need within the industry. I, I, I don't know, that's that's too far
1: from my bad to answer. OK, um, well, I think that we had a, a, an interesting discussion about a lot of stuff. Um, there's still one little little question that's on my mind. Um, we sort of glanced over it a bit. Uh, is the problem with open source projects usually is how they get funded. And how, how, do, how do your projects get funded, or, or your work? Or how do you think that it generally gets funded?
2: You, you you are part of the of the answer to that question, Mark. I'm I'm very <laughs> grateful for the I know. the kind of projects we did. They are I, they are really, yeah. They are they are really uh, enabling art. So maybe so, so. what Mark and I did together was we we build, um, Well, I, I played a role in a, in, a, in a in a project that Mark had where I basically provided the drawing generation functionality. Yeah on top of IFC. And that is that was a very meaningful thing that, that in the end, shaped the direction that you now see back in Blender BIM. Um, it, also, it also was the, the web-based processing um, that it helped shape. So that's that's a perfect example of how it, it, it and it's, I think it's also a nice way that, that it really, yeah, industry is really Shaping
1: what what the software library should be like. Well, for, for our listeners, just try to elaborate a bit, um, we were working on uh, with BIMFORCE on a, a project that uh, uses utilizes the IFC viewer that you made, and uh, one of the requirements from one of our clients was to produce basically drawings from an IFC and and um, present an IFC model and have certain ways of producing the floor plans and sections and elevations out of it and then um, augmenting that with uh, stuff like annotations and dimensioning Um, some of the issues were missing in IFC and then we sort of together (laughs) figured out a way how we could implement it within the IFC schema and uh, all the work that that basically that that came out of it is now yeah that's that is, like you said, are you using it in Blender now? Or is it part of the the, um, the tool that goes to Blender or? Yeah,
2: well, there, is, there are still some problems with it. So the, the parametric models that you generated were really nice and efficient. And, and I think you and your colleagues also later observed that if you apply this to models coming out of the, the traditional authoring tools, Performance isn't that great, so there are still a lot of rough edges that we need to solve in actually making it generally um, applicable. But 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 yeah, it is I, it is uh, almost let's say part now of the of the core functionality of 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 Blender bin. And like this, there there have been more uh, more projects that I'm yeah that I'm really grateful of that that also that. that you and other clients are willing to to yeah to re- to release the work under under an open source license. That is that is really uh, uh, yeah a, a central part of, of how the software library evolves. And,
1: uh, yeah. okay. Well, Thomas, I think that we had an interesting discussion. We could talk for like a few more days about all of this uh, stuff going into de- in depth into how IFC works. And I think that maybe that's an interesting topic for another uh podcast and the future of IFC and where it needs to go and um uh, sort of the limitations of IFC and and, and how to get around it um yeah. would be nice Um uh, but uh yeah I really want to thank you for your time and um it gave uh, I hope that uh students could uh or our listeners basically uh can find the the way we'll put some uh uh your uh links up in the show notes of all the stuff you've been working on um is there something else you want to say about uh, contributing or getting in touch with you or
2: well we're, we're really happy if, if people come along uh post issues questions contributions yeah yeah you, you don't need to be a software developer to uh
1: to no, no 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 well, it's, it, usually it's implementing or using the the, uh, uh, the tools that have been built uh, and then figuring out that there are bugs <laughs> usually helps a lot, <laughs> I think. We're running into issues with, with a certain workflow or something that you cannot think of everything. So, well, thank you for this, uh, Thomas, and, uh, well, have a nice day.
2: Yeah,
0: thanks for having me, and uh, see you again. Very interesting episode, uh, very technical. I'm not embarrassed to say maybe a little bit over my head in a few spots, but a a couple things that did catch my eye um, was when he mentioned, you know, it's open source is a way not to do the same things twice. So the idea of sharing, the idea of community, the idea of other people having access to the content. Um, I -hmm. like the idea, and I think we've heard that at many conferences, um, that people are doing the same thing over and over again. Um, A few episodes ago, we had Jake Small on, and he said, when Dynamo was first becoming a thing, everyone was creating a stadium seat generator. So again, doing the same thing over and over again. So open source can help alleviate that. And yeah. he talked a little bit about uh, library versus end user facing, like the idea of, of libraries versus just code or programs, um, which very was very interesting to me as well. Again, um, how about you, Mark? What, what did you take away from the discussion?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, uh, same as always. I'm always uh, intrigued by, uh, by what Thomas has to bring uh, with the uh, technical side of things. Um, uh, yeah, like for instance, the code checking is, is very interesting. Um, and you know, th- like I said, the work that we've been doing with the open source viewer and the development of ICOP shell and the continuation of that and where it goes from there. And um, yeah, so. For me it was more sort of a continuation of the usual discussion so maybe not too technical for me because i already have the experience of talking to thomas on this level but uh, for other people it it really gives you an insight into how, how deep sometimes these these questions go about open source when we talk about ifc tends to be just about clash control or sort of obvious use cases but uh, once you start building software that has to use ifc you, you tread into a completely different realm. so it becomes uh, a more technical experience about what ifc actually is and uh, how you can develop it and how you can use the open source community or feed the open source community with tools that can be repurposed so yeah that that's basically the the highlights but that's my usual discussion with thomas
0: well and and that that definitely came through that and that was the nice thing about you being the one to to interview thomas is that you got down into those nooks and crannies and you could tell that uh, you guys were really geeking out about the topic and we could have if we could have kept recording for hours and hours that would you guys would still be talking today so
1: yeah probably (laughs) and and same goes for the series by the way and I do believe that there is another series somewhere in there, to 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 be having in the future. Uh,
0: absolutely, and and that's how we went from a single episode into into four episodes because there was so much content and everyone had a, a different view of it. So that's why we got here, and and I think that's that's a great segue into um, all of us here at the Built Academy podcast once again being so grateful for all of your time that you've allowed us for this series, Mark, and to make sure that we got all that stuff and. To really highlight with the listeners the the power of open source and, and why we should all be we should all be fans of open source.
1: Yeah, I I don't think we should be afraid of it. It's sometimes it's a bit difficult to to get started, but know that there are a lot of people that can help you and uh, can help you forward and 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 understand the things and just reach out because uh, they're usually they're very nice guys and they're. Always eager to help uh, because they're already in the open source community. They're they're helping anyway, so uh, don't be afraid of them. <laughs> we're here to help.
0: Absolutely, and, and that's that's one of the biggest threads through all of these episodes has been the community that open source provides and how everyone's able to to share information, share help, and that you know the last thing that that I'll plug for open source is that you don't have to be a brilliant coder. Uh, to be part of the open source, there's lots of things that everyone can do to help out the the open source charge. It's, it's
1: so. about the idea. If if you, uh, I'm personally, I'm not a coder, so uh, I can do databases and stuff like that, and I can code a little in Dynamo and a little bit in Python. But usually, it's about the idea, and then I give it to someone else to run with, and and, and ask him to 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 make it into reality, uh, and and that works, and and it helps me. To, to get to further
0: my work, uh, and, but it also uh, alleviates some pain for others, maybe as well. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. And, and with that, again, I, I thank you so much, Mark, for, for being part of these episodes and to let everyone know to, to review the information from this podcast and all of the entire series on the open source. Be sure to visit the Built Academy website. Uh, you can find the show notes for this episode and all the details about it. And again, the other episodes. You can also get connected with all of our interviewees.
1: Yeah, don't forget to, uh, really, if, you, if this is the first one you listen, don't forget to listen the other two.
0: <laughs> that, that is a very good point. Be sure to get them all, and we'll, we'll uh, link them all back to each other inside the notes. Yeah. Um, and when you're going back and reviewing those past episodes, be sure to like, share, five-star rate, and subscribe to the podcast, and follow us on social media. And until next time, thank you for listening. Stay curious. This podcast is brought to you by BIMTRACK, the communication platform for BIM coordination with BIMTRACK. Better coordination, better process, better projects, better buildings. Go to bimtrack.co and start your free trial today.